You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Um, I think as we do the podcast, obviously, um, you know, our go-to is singing songs and being goofy, but I think both of our hearts are very heavy today. Yeah. As we um, kind of see... um, this begin to uh, continue to spiral, um, possibly out of control. Yeah. And um, I know for me, I've uh, refocused my efforts to say, God, I don't know the answers um, in my own mind because my reason is far too small for this. Uh, yeah. I, but I do know that the ultimate answer for this big question of how do we begin to move forward in this is not going to be found in government, and it's not going to be found in science, and it's not going to be found in any of that stuff. It's going to be found in you and your word. So I've been diving into yeah. scripture, and and kind of really wrestling with like, okay, God, what, how, what are we missing? Like, yeah. Like how how did we let it get to this point again? Um, and yeah. what are we missing? And and what is our? How do we respond to this in such a way that, um, we acknowledge the brokenness and um the reality that many Americans live under yeah. and, um, and, and, and try to bring healing to the situation where right now it just seems like division, um, anger, rage, and uh, brokenness is the order of the day. You know, and it feels like, you know, even as we're talking, I feel like we're, you know, I feel like there's, you don't know what to say. Like you, uh, and when, when I mean, I mean, I feel like whatever we say is going to be the wrong thing, Right. you know, and, and not, not like woe is me, but just, you just feel like, what do you say? Because you, because there's care and concern for everybody. You know I mean? Um, I don't know why it comes up, but I keep picturing that, that one picture of, of, uh, Mr. Rogers who, uh, during, during, uh, the massive protests in the sixties that, that when here he was, you know, uh, he, he brings, uh, someone of another race on onto his show, and he and, and he he puts his puts his feet in the kiddie pool with him, and then he washes his feet. Yes. And you're going, and and so so I guess I guess please before okay for those of you who are already like, I don't need another statement about this, so they're shutting it off. Don't don't shut this off. Right. And then for those who are already coming up with a defense to be angry, please hear our hearts. <laughs> like we're just two guys that just want to see people love each other. Um, Man, I, I've got friends of all races and nationalities, but that doesn't mean I'm an expert at all. And I'm not an expert. And that's my concern is like I'm not. And I want to hear how we can do this better because, because again, just like you said, my hope is in Jesus. And, and everything outside of that is it will cause me to have uh, racism of all kinds. Right. No matter what, to different people, to different places. Socioeconomic racism yeah, that happens. Yeah. And so, so I, I struggle favoritism. with... Favoritism. So the, the yeah. language in scripture is actually not racism, it's favoritism. Mm-hmm. And James actually talks about it in the first chapter uh, too, where he, he talks about there is no place in the heart of a believer and in the church for favoritism. Yeah. And he uses the illustration of a socioeconomic favoritism where you have a rich guy walk in and you have a poor guy walk in at the same time. Yeah. And if you show favoritism, like the rich guy sits up front and the poor guy is kind of allocated to the back of the room, that is unacceptable for us as, as believers of Christ because we yeah. know that there is a unifying and a leveling that happens at the cross because we are all messed up and we are all judgmental and we all can um, read situations horribly wrong yeah. and that our job is to be compassionate for for everyone 
to be a listener to everyone and to ultimately, by the work of the Spirit and Spirit only, only love everyone, whether they are rich or poor, whether they are um, American or Nigerian, whether they are from China or Canada um, or they're white or black or Mexican or Hispanic or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know, I think for me, and my first thought is, is man, I... I you know, I've been wronged, but I've not been wronged this type of way. I've been Correct. wronged in my life. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh, and so, but but man, I know that I've wronged others, and, and shame on me. But I remember, you know, I, you know, one thing, one one vein that runs through 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 this whole thing for me is uh, is in Luke 17. He uh, and it's Jesus talking to his disciples, and he said to his disciples, "Temptations to sin are sure to come." But woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea. Then he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And so, and you know, it, it continues on. There's another, another part in the scripture where he talks about, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother before he sins? And Jesus says seven, you know, the, uh, the, the question is 70 times. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven with the connotation of you forgive him forever. Right. So, so I, I pray that I can walk in this with the heart of forgiveness. Right. I pray that both sides of these camps that are, are feeling justifiably right right now would seek forgiveness in the midst of this. I mean, how how beautiful would this would our society be if we had a, a situation where both sides sat down continuously to to not have have angst and want and want to fight and and, and, and and battle on both sides. So that's not one or the other. I'm going, God, imagine if we learned to forgive. Imagine if I learned to forgive and I do believe that it starts in the home. You know, I, I believe that, yes. that we as fathers and we as mothers who are out there would teach our children the value of forgiveness, the value of reconciliation, and to battle through that even in the hard times, that, that there is a God who sees us and is for us in that and is waiting for us to show that example. You know, uh, we have the opportunity to, as the body of Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth right, right. now, and we need to do that right now. And I, I don't know what, what, what that looks like because everyone has their justifiable reason, but I do know that it's not sin. I do know that it's not hate, and I do know that it's not anger. Right. And so if those are welling up inside of us, we need to have those as points to go, time out, God, forgive me. So, so I, I love what you have to say, and those are the, re, the reactions to the reality. And I think, yeah. um, and they're not just spiritual platitudes. And I know that the church can kind of trick themselves into saying, oh, it's just, we've got to forgive each other. I get it. But there, there has to be a proactive element to this story as well. Yeah. And I think that's also in the home. And we need yeah. to, to go to, you know, really wrestle with the fact of how are we consciously or subconsciously teaching our kids to um, um, categorize people that mm. are worthy and unworthy. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, again, it's starting to have the conversation with our kids. Um, it's, um, I think holding up the mirror, it is easy to look at someone else, um, acting in a way that yeah. we may not agree with and be judgmental of them and say, oh, they should just do this or they should do that. Stop. Yeah. The first thing that needs to do is we need to hold up the mirror and have some honest self-reflection and saying, what have I done consciously or unconsciously to create this atmosphere where for many people, they feel like this is the only way that they can be heard. And that their issue is, um, it, it can be under understood. Yeah, you know yeah. that that the only way that they that the issue 
is being talked about again in the church is because buildings and um, municipalities are being burned down. Yeah. And and shame on us. Yeah, it shouldn't have gotten that. It shouldn't no. have to get that far. We, and I repent to that, that this yeah. is something that, again, favoritism has been a part of the human history since Cain and Abel. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And it, it ended in death. And that's where this is going to end, in unwanted death. Brothers, children, husbands, wives, they are going to die prematurely because of anger and fear that is gripping our culture. And so it really does, I think, um, there needs to be a moment where we pause individually and say, okay, God, you know my heart better than I do. Search it and reveal to me where are my favoritisms and how have they influenced me in my actions and let me repent of them because there is no room for favoritism when it comes to my heart and following Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, and as I've been praying through this week and thinking about this, like, God, what what do we talk about? Because because I know that there's examples in Scripture, and one of them that keeps coming up is is the Good Samaritan. Oh, I love that story. Well, and it's funny because because at that point, you know, we look at it like, oh, you're being a good Samaritan, like Samaritan's purse. It's a, you know, it's a ministry thing. They were there were people that that once they heard the word Samaritan as Jesus was talking about, they were like, oh, are you serious? Out of all the people, like, why would you use them as an example? Immediately in their mind is what they're saying. Right. And so, so they're like, you know, because to some people who heard that, they were like, these are the lowest form of life is what they were believing. And they were going, they're, they're not just the low, like to understand that they were. In the hierarchy of the Jewish mind, you had men, and then women, and then children, and then animals, and yeah. livestock, and then, well below then, was the Samaritans, right? Yeah. This was racism personified for the Jewish people at that time. And I love the fact that Jesus did not... Um, he ran and addressed this issue head on. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's something we in the church need to be encouraged by is that we cannot be silent on this issue. Yeah. We have to address it head on. And we address it not through um, chastising or through condemning, but we chat, we address it the way that Jesus encourages us to address yeah. it in the Good Samaritan story. So tell us about the story well, a little you know, bit. You know, to give some background, uh, at this moment, Jesus is being asked questions. So there's always a crowd with Jesus. People love Jesus. And then there were those who despised him because he was wise. He was wise beyond his, 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 his human years. You know, being God, he had that opportunity to have, have wisdom beyond his age. And he continued that relationship with his father regularly. Correct. And I think that's where that wisdom comes from. Correct. It wasn't just some genie, you know, oh, Jesus is wise because he's... Exactly. exactly. But he maintained that connection with the father, which we as believers need to maintain as well through regular devotion and regular teaching and regular listening. So, yeah. yeah. So, so it's in Luke uh, chapter uh, 10, verse 25. I'll start reading it. It's kind of long, but hear me out here. Just, just get the feel of this story. No, get the feel of this account. I, I, I don't want to call it a story because this thing happened. So this is an account of, of a historical uh, 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 of, of an historical event. Sorry. <laughs> Got to get my words back here. Uh, but it said, and behold, the lawyer stood up to put him to test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, uh, mm. said to Jesus, mm. And who is my neighbor? Okay. What's the loophole, Jesus? <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and again, 
you don't think that that's the very real reality of what people are wrestling with today? Like, yeah. oh, I'm supposed to love all people. Great. You know, and it's a platitude. We should love all people. All people are created. You know, the old children's song, you know, um, you know, white, yellow, red, red and, and yellow, black and white. Right. Precious in his sight. Right. Exactly. But Jesus says, ha, 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 you think you're OK. Yeah. 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 You're not because you're justifying yourself yeah. and your behavior. Stop. You need to uh, dive into the actual actions of the, you know, it, it, it's, it's OK yeah. to say oh, I'm not a racist. The reality is you need to look at and evaluate your actions. And that's the story of the Good Samaritan. And he goes, let's put this to a test. You know, I, I had a buddy who used to run a homeless ministry and he would say, Bill, the scriptures doesn't say it doesn't say love. You know, you know, it, it, it says love unconditionally. It doesn't say to love until they change. Mm. It doesn't say to love with these conditions. It said love unconditionally. And, and, I, and I look and I, and I see that, you know, when Jesus came across people that he didn't agree with, even the woman caught, caught in adultery. I love this story uh, that he, he didn't go, now, when you make these changes, we'll move on. And right. You can be redeemed. He said, don't do it again. So, so he, he, didn't, he didn't allow this thing to happen, but he said, he said I'm freeing you to know that, that you're, you're, you're more than this. Go and sin no more. I don't accuse you anymore. So we're moving forward from this. I've, I've forgiven you. And so, so I think, I think if, if with that in mind, let, you know, keep on reading the story because yeah. so, so, um, he said, uh, in verse 30, Jesus replied, a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road. Now in the story, priests are listening. And so I know that their ears perk up. Mm, okay, a priest came down the road. And and, 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 yeah. And so, yeah. And so, so, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So well, no, that's not what we would do. We wouldn't for, formally do that, you know. Uh, so likewise, a Levite, so who was also there next to him, which is like the greater of greatest, you know, when it comes to religious and, and knowledgeable and historians. Right. The Levites were the workers of the church. Yeah. The priests were the leader of the church. Yeah. Right. So he is, he is hammering his people. Yes. You know, and he is saying, do not hide behind the fact that you go to church on Sunday. Do not hide behind yeah. the fact that you serve or do not hide behind the fact that you lead yeah. the church. This is the heart of man that I am addressing. So yes. listen up. Yeah. So so these Levites ears perk up and it said when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. So now you got two two groups of people that are upset because they're like, no, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. That's not what I would have done. But a Samaritan. And at this point, everybody gasps like, oh, my gosh, like, no, wait, wait. A Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Huge word right there compassion compassion to hear compassion to see compassion beyond uh what what others would see as maybe a weakness and say well just get over it because you've been wronged enough right so so it's it's interesting he that this samaritan continues in the story so were you gonna say something well i was gonna say you know um some words that I'm hearing a lot, like empathy. Empathy is the emotional response that allows you to connect with someone who's suffering. Yeah. Compassion is the action of that empathy to do something about it. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I think that's why he uses the word compassion here and not empathy. Because it's easy to stand on the sideline and say, ah, oh, I feel what you're going through. 
Jesus is saying, that's great. That's a start. But compassion compels you to do something about it. Yeah. You know, and there's times like throughout his his gospel ministry, he's motivated to do things from compassion because, you know, in Mark six, he talks about the people are there. They're ready to listen. He's exhausted. He just wants to break. And he goes, but he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. And so he acted and he took the rest of his day and he taught these people. He taught them and cared for them and gave them what they needed to hear, the truth about the kingdom of God that he was establishing that is so different than the kingdom of man that we currently live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it almost feels like like, like if, you can, if you can say it this way, the priest and Levite were on the other side of the room going, hey, praying for you. I'm praying for you. I hope somebody gets you. And they kind of <laughs> just, just walk away. But the Samaritan went in. It said he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Then he said... said set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, which is two days wages, like he, two days worth. Like, I'm going to take out, a, you know, whatever, a couple it's hundred bucks cost. or whatever. Yeah, Compassion costs. Yeah. And yeah. if you think we can't journey through this season in our culture and it not cost us something, yeah. you're a fool. It's yeah, going yeah, yeah. to cost us something. But it's an investment that we have to be willing to make yeah. because people matter to God. Yeah. All people matter to God. John three sixteen. Yeah. He came to save the whole world. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 just like I said, at this moment, you know, the house that is burning down are 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 black lives. And so I feel like at this same moment, as this as this guy is bleeding on the side of the road, this guy stopped to help. And I yeah. think I love that. I love that heart. And so he brought him to an inn, took him in, and so and and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, "Take care of him. Whatever you spend, the whatever more you spend, I will pay you when I come back." Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this, the, the story challenges my heart as a follower to go, God, I have prejudice in my life. And God, I want to give it to you. And right. please forgive me. So, so in the midst of this battle, I think the thing that, that, I would, that I would share as I look at the mirror is God changed my heart. Right. Um, I cannot truly change others' hearts unless I, my, mine is changed and I just reveal Jesus to them through my actions, through right. my life. So God changed me. But then I also think the next thing that we can do in the midst of this conversation is a lot of people are going, what do we do? Where do we go with this? I would challenge us as fathers and mothers to take the story in Luke 10, 20, verse 25 to 37 and do read this with, it, with our kids. Yes. And say, yes. Yes. What do you think? What do you think a you know you know what, what do you think a Samaritan looks like when when I mean that like what do you think a, a good Samaritan now definitively a great word that was turned at one point as a negative is now a positive in our life you know right. it's the same thing when people would call Jesus friend of sinners and they would they they, they were that making was derogatory fun of him. yes but but at the same time this 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 story changed the narrative of what a Samaritan looks like it's a story to the rest of, of the world right yes. it's a story of hope so wherever we come from now is the time to have the opportunity to say I can turn this around however I feel whatever prejudice God changed my life and it may not be it may not be a prejudice uh, towards towards a skin color it may be a prejudice just like you said toward towards a social economic it may even be a prejudice towards someone who is you know our, our own jealousy towards someone else who's who yes. has wronged us in the yes. so, so God uh, forgive me forgive me and help me lead my children in a way that is that that is becoming the the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so so I think that's what this. If we could take the story and go, God, you know, you know, if we, if we, if we could take the story and bring it to to our children and say, Hey, we're going to read this tonight. What are your thoughts? And what does it look like to 
to do this today. To bring mercy yeah. today. And again, the definition of mercy is um, giving someone not what they deserve, but what they don't deserve. Right. Correct. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, um, if, if you like are like me and you're sitting in the situation saying, I have no clue what to do and you're looking for wisdom in this. Hey, I got great news for you. James one five reminds us those who lack yeah. wisdom, pray for it. And God who is generous will give it abundantly. And maybe that's where it starts, like that self-reflection time. But then it takes us as as men and leaders in our families and leaders within the community to hit our knees on a regular basis and wear out our genes because we're praying so much saying, God, I need your wisdom in the situation because I don't want to follow what, what the social media is telling me to do. I don't want to follow the media. I want, I want to follow God and God's wisdom is right. And so God, I need your wisdom in the situation and I need you to give it abundantly so that I and my family would be faithful to following you and not a political party, not a political movement, but faithful in following you. And how do I bring mercy and serving in this situation. I love it, man. I love it. Oh, that's our hope for today, guys. Uh, hey, quick thing. If you're listening to this this week, uh, June 18th, we still have a few spots available. They are going quick now uh, to the date night that we're having coming up at uh, Grace Church in Allen, Texas. And so it's going to be a good time. We're going to laugh. You know, at this point, I think we, we need some laughter. We need some yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, we need some we need some break of, of all the chaos and be able to enjoy time with our spouses time with those were where that, that were uh, about to marry so if you're engaged or if you're if you're you know if you're married we'd love to have you there yeah to set you on the right path yeah you're gonna have a lot of fun you're gonna laugh it's gonna be a good night two other things um we we had a glitch with our uh, back podcast and some reason they were all removed yeah. from itunes so we're in the process of reloading those don't be afraid to go back and listen to some of the uh the gems that are out there as you as you might say there you go um but uh more importantly um Bill and I believe in this ministry 100%. That's why we we make this podcast every single week. We gather together, we record it, and it's um, it's relevant. We hope it's relevant to you and your family. And if you want to support this mission and ministry and make sure that it continues to happen moving forward, there is an opportunity for you to give financially and support this mission and ministry online. Uh, go to knownlegacy.org. Slash donate. It's slash donate. And uh, man, it, it, it just the little bit that you guys are able to give to help make this happen makes a huge difference in known legacy and and what we believe God's vision is for this mission and ministry as we begin to care for challenge and um, hopefully encourage yeah. men to rise up and be the men of Jesus um, in a culture that desperately needs the hope that only lives and breathes and makes a change and transformation in Jesus himself. I love it. Hey, check us out on Instagram at Known Legacy, uh, Facebook, Known Legacy Ministries. For questions, comments, concerns, email us at info at knownlegacy.org. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We're grateful for you. Yeah. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.